Welcome to the podcast, When I'm High. You probably heard last week's episode, which is part one of my interview with Becca Dysack from the CBD company, company Nymph and Woodsman. Uh, please go check out all of their products. Uh, I will put the link in the episode description. And uh, here we go with part two. So something that is also sort of tied into uh, focus probably is um, memory. Does, does your memory get affected when you get high? Have you noticed? I haven't noticed for things like where did I put my keys? Like it's, that seems an equal problem either way. But but really short term as far as like following a conversational line, like what was I just saying? You know, mm-hmm. that feels like it's affected by being high. And and also more, yeah, just functionality. Like I was saying earlier, I like one time I went to work in the kitchen at Brightonbush um, and I'd smoked pot like a few hours before and not much. So I was not really high. But I just remember being in that kitchen and just being being slow and just kind of like, wait, what am I doing? Where's the spoon? And <laughs> I didn't like it because I'm really pretty fast and sharp and, and in a kitchen environment. That's, you know, that's how I want to be. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I'm very curious about the environment of this uh, this bakery where you're making bread and things. Are is cannabis a pretty uh, common thing with the with the other people who work there? Um, I don't. I don't think many people come to work high. As far as I can tell, there's one. So the you know it's an artisan bread bakery. So it takes from like nine in the morning till four thirty the next morning to make a day's worth of bread. And one of the night bakers, like, I'm pretty sure he's high a lot and he's, he's working alone. Like the person who comes in and bakes the bread until 4.30 in the morning, they're alone most of that time. I'm pretty sure he's high. But other than that, no, it's not a big part of the culture in the bakery. Although it is, most people who live on this property do smoke pot to some degree or another, but it doesn't feel like people are just walking around stoned all the time. Yeah. It seems like um, making bread would be kind of an amazing thing to do while high because it's, it's such this, um, you know, you're creating food, you're creating sustenance, uh, you know, you're working with your hands. It seems like that would be a kind of an interesting thing to do, but what's your role? Are you actually making the bread or are you doing other things as well? I'm shaping the dough. So we have like a mixer who mixes all the doughs and then a bunch of us, Shape the shape the dough into loaves, and then there's a baker or two every night that bakes them, and then a crew who packages the bread and puts them in the trucks. Um, and it is, I mean, yeah. So I don't do it. I don't get high and go to work for all the reasons I was saying. But I have made bread at home high, and I like to cook high if I'm not at work. I think the difference is, like at home, you can be slow. You can just get into the right. sensual nature but yeah working in a production kitchen again for me it's like because we're banging stuff out fast you know thousand loaves a night um that doesn't sound fun to me although i'm sure for some people it's great yeah everybody's different um so what what is cooking like at home you know you you can be a bit more relaxed but how how is cooking while high great i mean yeah for all the reasons you said like the the creative ability that comes out. And although I have to say that my, I am not somebody who gets the munchies. Like for me, it's almost the opposite. If I smoke, like I'm like, eh, I don't really want to eat. Like it just doesn't appeal to me. And 
And when I cook high, one of the challenges, I feel like my palate gets really distorted and food doesn't have much flavor at all. And so my, I feel like my capacity to like taste the food as I'm cooking it, which is really important to me because I really like to make really good food. Yeah. It gets a little thrown off. So I need, like, I always need somebody else to be like, here, taste this and tell me what you think. Cause I'm off. That's really interesting. I don't think I've talked to somebody who has that effect when they get high. Um, so so it's not so much of the flavor then of the cooking, it's more of the act of cooking. Um, mm-hmm. Do you get experimental with what you're, what you're putting together? Mm, no, I mean, I think I'm, I'm generally somewhat experimental um, regardless. I think it's more about, yeah, I don't know that being high affects the actual like process of cooking or the ingredients or what I make. I think it's more just enjoying like taking me deeper into the sensual experience of cooking, of like cutting the vegetables, of seeing their beautiful colors and yeah. And just the delight, like I can feel the delight more deeply. Do you enjoy cooking while sober? Yes. Okay. So this, it just heightens that enjoyment of it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing really, I, I don't, I'm trying to think of there's anything that I'm like, Oh, I don't really like to do this but I'm going to smoke pot and it'll make it better. Like for me, it's like, if I don't really like to do it, pot is not going to help. Other than maybe cleaning the, the bathroom area. I like that. It's a trip. I actually, it's like uh. <laughs> such a joy for me. It's this really beautiful, like naturally built, you know, it's a cob structure, if anybody knows what that means. And it has tiles and beautiful windows and a window that looks at the mountain and it's quiet. And yeah. So I actually really love that. <laughs> All right. Well, that's very much not like my bathroom. So yeah, I can I can see how that would be a little bit more enjoyable, I guess. Um, so uh, uh, getting on to a different track, what is your sense of time like when you get high? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I've heard you ask that to other people and I've been like, what is my response to that? I think it it doesn't necessarily feel like it makes time like if an hour passes it's not necessarily like whoa I can't believe that that's been a whole hour or that's only been an hour like that kind of time shift doesn't feel present whereas I feel like alcohol like if I get drunk um consistently alcohol will be like whoa time definitely passes way faster if I'm drunk but what I do feel like is the time feels so expansive in the moment when I'm high. Like I just feel so much more immersed in the present. So time feels more spacious Mm. and bigger. That's a, that's an interesting way to put that. I I like that a lot. Thanks. (laughs) Um, so, Oh, so we, we were talking about food before. Uh, so, so you have less, you, you taste the food less, which I think is so fascinating. Mm Um, do you, I can't remember if you said you you do you get the munchies or you don't get the munchies. No, I'm almost like not into food if I'm high. Like I, it it can even take away my hunger, which I know is so weird because it's used as therapy for people to to have hunger. You know, people who who don't have an appetite. But for me, it's it's more like meh, not appealing. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I mean, there's. I think that there are definitely other people out there like that. But you're right. The the, the common thing is more about I want to eat. Um, and then, other than sort of losing some of the flavor, are there other? Uh, does the experience of food change when you get high? 
no. I mean, the losing the flavor and the not feeling particularly hungry. I'll, yeah, that. But it, I do, and I think it's an associative memory thing. <laughs> this is another Thea time. Um, one summer night, we were sitting on just this balcony in Chicago. And she has this, like, beautiful balcony full of potted flowers. And it was the evening, and she's like, I just want coffee. And she got us some really strong Americanos. And they tasted so good. Like, everything about that evening was so beautiful and so great. And the coffee tasted so good. So ever since then, and that was, like, in my college years, um, I've had this association with coffee and hot drinks when I'm high. And so I do get excited about uh, drinks. (laughs) Especially mm. coffee when I'm high. And that it, t- it doesn't, it tastes flavorful to me. So, yeah, I don't know. The food thing is weird. Uh, what other hot drinks do you enjoy when you get high? Well, my favorite drink, and I drink it every day, is some cacao powder and dandy blend, which is a dandelion root um, beverage that kind of tastes like instant coffee. Um, and... I have that with a little cream and maple syrup and CBD tincture. And yeah, I drink it sober. I drink it high. <laughs> it's delicious. Yeah, that sounds really good. Um, let's see. So I, I'm still sort of blown away about this whole like less flavor thing with food. <laughs> but, you know, uh, everybody's different, which is which is the great thing about this is that everybody gets affected differently. Um, so we will move from food. And uh, what... What is your situation like out there in terms of uh, movies and TV shows? Are those things that you um, enjoy? Are you able to enjoy them out there? Yes, we weren't weren't because we have limited bandwidth. And now there's only about 12 people living here, but there were 20 until just recently. And so basically everybody could watch one, like one movie a month, basically, is streaming. <laughs> and... But yeah, it's so different. So, and then before that, I lived at the hot springs in the mountains for four years, and there was no Wi-Fi in my cabin, no cell service, nothing. And so I didn't watch anything for those years. But since COVID, they lifted the restri- restriction on bandwidth. So we are not bandwidth, but um, data. So we get we get unlimited data every month. So we've been watching a lot of shows. And I got um, a DVD, what's it called, Prescri- subscription to Netflix. So we also get a DVD. Okay. Nice. And and then so what what is your experience of movies and TV shows like when you get high, assuming that that has happened? Yes. Um, I always want it to be more profound than it is. Like I want it to be more like, whoa, that's so cool. But, but usually it doesn't really change the experience. I mean, I got to, I don't get very high because I don't like getting very high. I'm sure if I got really high, it would have that effect, but Mm -hmm. I usually smoke like two hits out of a pipe, but it does like when I do feel impacted by being high, when I'm watching something, it just feels like a little bit more emotional and a little bit more intense. Like I can feel whatever emotions the, the program is trying to induce i can feel them more intensely in my body yeah it's like uh 
uh, oh god now i'm blanking on the other thing that you mentioned before that was like that too mm-hmm. uh there was something else that was you just you just feel it more into i think it was the act of cooking uh you just it, it's more it just more enhanced in general, which is obviously a common thing that people say cannabis does. Everything is more enhanced. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I'm, I'm always fascinated about these things that have multiple aspects to them. Um, so like with food, there is the the physical act of, of eating it or tasting it. Um, uh, and then there's the mental side of your experience of that thing. Um, so there's the mental and the physical. So same with like movies and TV shows, even though there's not a physical act, uh, with that necessarily you're, but you're, um, there's the watching of the, of the story. There's experiencing the story. Um, but then there's the mental side of maybe your experience of the story, your experience of maybe what's going on around you, your experience of maybe, uh, you know, the making of the show. Do you think about those things as well? No, (laughs) no. And I think, I think it goes back to just generally not being very high when I'm watching things. And so just, I don't have a ton of experience to report. Definitely. And then, you know, similar um, question with music. If, if you listen to music or I don't know if you play music, um, how is that experience different when you get high? Yeah, that's good. You know, yeah. With all these questions, I'm realizing that getting high has a very strong physical component to me because when you ask that question what I think of is dancing like I feel so inclined to dance Mm -hmm. if I'm high and listening to music and it feels so good just like stretching feels so good it feels so good to dance sometimes I just end up stretching to music um but yeah that it, it feels really good and playing music I I play very poorly the banjo but I like to play it and sing along it just accompanies me and I don't think I get hot you I associate that with like I want a beer or a whiskey if I'm gonna play the banjo not so much getting high Um, Um, but that I think is a little more fumbly for me like I think doing anything that requires much dexterity I feel a little bit more fumbly if I'm high if I'm not already proficient at it and I'm not right. that proficient at banjo. Yeah, that makes sense. So m- mostly um, listening to music while high makes you just want to move and dance and, and stretch. So so speaking of stretching, um, you know, you're not the first to have said that. Mm. What? How is the stretching different? How does it feel different when you get high? I think, I mean, part of it is like my mental relationship to it. Like I can, if I'm stretching when I'm not high or even, you know, doing yoga, which I like, but it's. I'm not, I'm just not one of those yoga freaks. Um, it can feel like a chore that I'm getting through. Whereas if I'm high, it just like, I'm able to sink into how good it feels in my body. And I'm much more patient with the process. And actually, um, it's a very internally driven process. Like, okay, I just want to hang out in this pose for a while or hang out in this stretch for a while just because it feels good, not because I'm like, okay, I got to count to do five breaths, and then I'm going to go to the next one. And so yeah, it's really a dropping, dropping into the present and just, again, feeling into my body more. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of things that are more physical, this is a question that feel free to pass because it's very personal. Um, but uh, have you ever experienced sex while high? And what is that like? How is that different? Yes, that is one of my favorite things. I should have said that earlier. <laughs> one of my favorite things to do high. It yeah, it feels for me like trans 
transportive. I don't know if that's a word, but I feel transported. The I feel slowed down in the process, more sensual, more almost like like float, like kind of out of this world. And then again, this is my like what's happening neurochemically with pot because my orgasms feel way more intense when I'm high and are different. They last mm. a lot longer. Um, yeah. And I'm, I, I don't know. I'm very curious about what that's all about, but I like it. <laughs> sure. Don't question that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it is fascinating because uh, they, they say that, you know, there's so much like creativity that uh, it's not really, it's not really changing your creativity, but, but clearly there's something that's happening. There's, you know, that's, is it, is it, is it all in the brain? Is it physiological? Like what, what is happening to, to allow something like that to happen so dramatically? But then, but then you ask the question, um, you know, is the orgasm that much better or is it that your brain just thinks it is because everything just feels more enhanced and like, and it's so subjective. How how do you even know? How can you quantify something like that? I have no idea. I know. I do mean, you? No, I think it would be cool to have like an fMRI with you know the control of not being high and having all the things measured in the brain, and then getting high and you know having an orgasm and having the brain measured, seeing if there was notable noticeable measurable neurological differences that'd be cool but i don't know if it's funded yeah I, th I think they're definitely trying to do that and i think that's one of the big reasons to get it uh federally legalized because then they can actually do more scientific studies about this which you know mm -hmm. uh, you know we're working actively to make that happen so but yeah I, there's a lot there's a lot to study um uh, you know, what is going on in the brain, what is going on in the body. I think we've learned a lot recently, but there's still so much more to learn. Mm. Um, and I just think it's fascinating. So, um, so you were talking a little bit earlier about sort of yoga and stretching. Is um, meditation a thing that you do? And if you do, do you ever do that while high? Yeah, I do meditate. I'm sure I've meditated high, but but it, it I can't recall a time. So it's definitely not a normal practice for me. I think it would be interesting. I mean, cause meditation is such as opportunity to study the mind and be like, what is my mind doing? And so I think it'd be cool to kind of do a little self experiment and intentionally meditate while high to really observe my mind. Yeah. I'm a big proponent uh, for anybody who's listened to all of these episodes. I'm a big proponent of, you know, trying new things when you get high and, and you know, see what that's like, see how that's different. Mm -hmm. um, and then sort of on the same realm, um, is your is your spirituality or your religion, whatever you identify as, is that affected? Has that changed uh, differently while, while you get high? Has it? Um, yeah, I guess that's the end of the question. Hmm. I guess. I mean, I'm just like, if there's any spirituality I have, it's, um, it's like love and beauty and, and a, a conne connection to the natural world and the bigger cosmos. And so when I feel most spiritually connected is when I'm really connecting with nature, connecting just with that sense of vastness that we all live in on this planet and being high, as I've said, helps me get more, more into the present moment and more into that sense of the infinite now and more into wonder and awe. So I, I guess I could say that, yeah, the getting high brings me 
um, closer to the spiritual realm. Yeah. Are those things that you're actively thinking about when you're sober? And also, do you are you noticeably thinking about them more when you get high? Uh, or hmm. is it just all sort of the same thing? You just appreciate it more. What what What's happening there? I think, yeah, I think I might think about that stuff a little more when I'm high. And again, I think part of it is is because... I put myself into situation like the things I like to do, like walking or stretching or, you know, sort of med- meditative activities, not sitting meditation, but are already really good setting for me. Like they already take me into that place more or that thinking about mm-hmm. the way everything fits together and works and the mysteries. So, yeah, I might. But I also I do, you know, I told you I do tarot readings and astrology readings and so these questions about about archetypes and energies and what kind of mysterious support might there be out in the cosmos is also just a pretty big part of who I am and what I do and what I what I study and put my energy into. So so yeah, I don't know that it's that measurably different mm-hmm. when I'm high than when I'm sober. Um it, this is probably a hard question to answer just because it's been a, a number of years, but do you think that your view of the world or yourself has have changed at all since you started getting high? Oh wow, yeah, that's interesting because I was that was like at the age that I left my childhood home, <laughs> so yeah, it's hard to say mm-hmm. um, anything causal. When I think about my relationship with pot, you know, it's so connected to one like my early those friendships, those high school friendships, but that are still very dear to me. But then going to a college, I went to Prescott College, which is like a little environmental college. So it's filled with potheads and I actually started college the year that Jerry Garcia died. And all these people who'd been on tour were like, well, he died. So I guess I'm going to go to college. <laughs> it's like very, hmm. very pot heavy. And then I've just lit, you know, like I lived in Montana and worked at a food co-op and I, I lived in Portland. I lived in hot springs. So I've, my life has been part of a culture of people who smoke pot. And so smoking pot has been a part of my life, but it also just feels like there's just all these, it's all integrated. It's hard for me to pick apart like, oh, pot really expanded my mind. It's like, I feel like what really expanded my mind was moving out West, going to really progressive college, asking big questions. And I think for me, the biggest thing, like I was a very high achieving student through high school, very studious, very, um, uh, what's the word? I don't remember the word anymore. Um, (laughs) ambitious, like very ambitious. Right. And then I went to this college and I, I, something just changed. Like I burnt myself out by the time I was 18 and I went to college and I was like, I want to be an outdoor educator. Like I want to get paid to be outside all the time. And that's what I want to do. And so I start, my classes were like rock climbing and ecology of the Southwest where we would just go birding for class all the time, you know? And, and so that, that was the first time in my life that I slowed down, or at least since childhood, like young childhood, that I slowed down, that I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm always carrying a 40 pound book bag with me and don't have two minutes to take a breath. Like, and it was uncomfortable at first. And I still struggle with that sometimes when life feels spacious and not super busy. I'm like, whoa, something's wrong. But I think pot helps me 
be okay with that. Like it, it reminds me if I'm not in a paranoid place, if I'm not in an anxious place, it reminds me like, no, this is like, this time is a gift, like to be able to be on the earth and actually enjoy it. Um, that's what's important. And I think all of that, you know, it's pot, it's, it's the schooling I had. It's the communities I've lived in since leaving home. Yeah. I, I love that sentiment. And then um, sort of on a similar but different line, has pot affected your sober life? So you just talked about how it, when you get high, it allows you to sort of see the see in, in a different way. Um, but have, has, has that allowed you to look at the world in a different way when you get sober or think back to what it feels like to be high when you're not high? Totally. That's yeah. I love that question. Absolutely. Especially like the past two years um, where I haven't been smoking that much pot until recently. I've missed smoking pot because I'm like, when it's good, when it feels good, it feels so good. I wish I could just smoke it knowing it's going to feel good and not going to make my mind hurt. Um, so what I'll do is I'll be like, okay, let's, let's remember what it feels like when I'm high and on a walk. Like, what is it about that that feels so good? And I have, I try and have tried to get myself more into that sensation and that place. And it's, it helps. Like it helps me drop more into the present and just into the deliciousness of my body. But it, but it doesn't ever quite get, get there the same way that getting high does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this, this question is very much up for interpretation. Um, especially given, you know, you've sort of um, it's come and gone in your life, but you all currently have a, a little business dealing with CBD. Um, so how much is pot in your life? That could be a percentage, however you interpret that. How much is pot in my life? Uh, a little bit? Is that, is that a volume? 5%? 2%? It feels, pretty, it feels pretty small. It doesn't feel like a huge character in my life. And if I wasn't with somebody who who it is a pretty big character, at least from time, you know, he goes through phases where he doesn't smoke much, but um, I think it would be an even smaller character in my life. Right. It, it sounds like it's, it doesn't play a huge role in your day-to-day life, in your physical and mental health necessarily, but it's a, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's delightful. Like I, when I started realizing that I was enjoying it again, I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy that I'm liking it again because I really like it when it's good. <laughs> and I, ha- I continue to be really grateful that I like it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely. Um, when a thing is good, it's good and you want to do that. But mm-hmm. when it's bad, then don't do it. Right. <laughs> it just makes sense. Right. And it's it can, be, it, it can be unpredictable. I mean, I think what I was thinking about why I didn't like it much the past year and a half or two years is because it made me anxious and it just made me think like, oh, it's such a reflection and indicator of what's going on inside of me. If I'm not, if I'm not liking it, then I tend to have more anxiety that I need to work with. But if I'm liking it, I'm like, I think this is a pretty good indicator that I'm feeling pretty good. So yay. Yeah. And it sounded like that it coincided with that time where you were 
more anxious anyway. Uh, you know, like you said, that's what was going on in your life. You were dealing with the harvesting and the growing, and that wasn't something that you really enjoyed necessarily. So it sounds like pot just sort of enhanced all of those feelings, especially when it was literally harvesting the thing that 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 the thing itself. Yeah, but it's so interesting, right? Because CBD. Um, and I haven't played with this very much at all, but, but what I understand is that it, it really can take away and temper the anxious thoughts that THC can give. So a lot of people are really, you know, that's why we're getting strain or one of the reasons why we're getting more strains that are high in CBD or people will mix CBD with THC. Um, and I haven't played with that that much. I have mixed CBD and pot. I find I get really sleepy. Well, with both of them, actually, all cannabis makes me pretty sleepy. So that's another reason that I I am very conscientious about when I smoke. I'm like, am I open to being sleepy? Yeah. So if you were to completely quit cannabis today, uh, how do you think your life would change? Would it change? What do you think? What do you think the future is? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it would change that really. Um, just like like going a couple years without smoking, that was totally fine. And it was not, nothing changed. Um, I think it might just be one of those subtle, like, Oh, I don't get to have chocolate cake. That's a bummer. But you know, <laughs> move on. <laughs> I can get a chocolate square, you know, with pot. It's like, okay, I can't smoke pot, but I can still, um, do these do these things that help get me into that place that I want pot to get me into? Maybe not, they don't get me there as well, but right, um, yeah. And, and at least that you have the memories of what it feels like, and it sounds like you've already started to try and get into that mental state without it. Uh, so you've you've got some some base level of of knowledge of what that feels like. I don't know if uh, if I couldn't have chocolate cake or something like that for the rest of my life, that would uh, that would really screw me up. I think. Yeah. Okay. And chocolate, I would be more sad to not have chocolate cake for the rest of my life than to not have pop for the rest of my life. For what that's worth. There we go. It's a good benchmark. Yeah. And then. Uh, just in general, um, what do you think your future with pot will be like, assuming that it's, you know, that you're not going to stop? Yeah, I think it'll be like it is now. I mean, because really, I'm smoking pot the way I have since I started smoking pot, which is sometimes not at all. If I am in a pot smoking phase, like once a day, many days a week, but rarely all day. So, uh, yeah, so I think it'll be continue to be like that. There'll probably be periods where I'm not as into it or we don't have it in abundance. But, yeah, I don't I don't see why I wouldn't ingest it or smoke it (laughs) in the future. Yeah. Uh, And it's interesting. um, It seems like people's bodies physically and mentally do change, obviously. So I've I've spoken to other people who definitely do go through the same periods that you went through, which is. I don't really like it. It's mm-hmm. not really sitting well with me. Um, and so I'm, I'm sure that lots of people will, will go through times like that. Uh, and, you know, I guess you just got to keep on trying until it <laughs> comes back. Um, and then your your business, uh, Nymph and, and Woodsman, Woodsman um, do you, what's the future of that looking like? Well, I hope that it continues to grow. You know, we just 
really got our web shop open in November a year ago. And, you know, that, that was good. And, and we went on this CBD, uh, tour kind of, um, from here, his mom lives in Arizona, Seth's mom lives in Arizona. And then we went back up through California and on the way we stopped at different shops and like spas in Sedona and tried to gave samples and see if people would want to sell our product or have their massage therapist use the use the salves and that was not successful but we did do these house parties on this trip several between you know in that route and people invited their friends and we made CBD mocktails and we passed around all the products and people got to try them and um and then we sold a bunch of product and one of the parties we did was at a retired friend's place in Palm Springs so she lives in this like nice retirement community with a lot of really active seniors. And so they all use their bodies a lot, but they ache. And this one woman had, she put on our salve and and she's like, you know, I put this salve on, I couldn't open my hand when I got here and I put this salve on and now I can actually open my hand. Like she had a claw hand and she was able to open it by the end of the evening. But it was really cool because we did one there and we did one at Ses Mom's retirement community and then a couple others in California with friends. But the seniors especially just are, they need it. Like their bodies are aching. Many seniors' bodies are aching and all the neurological stuff that comes with aging and sleep, like the need for, I think a lot of older people have more insomnia CBD is just like this magic potion. I mean, for all of us, but I think especially for seniors. And yet, there's so much confusion about it, about what it does and how to use it. And um, so it's just really cool to have the opportunity to to speak to people one on one and really answer their questions and take some mystery out of it. But so that was really fun, and and that was like February, and we had. All spring and summer, we had all these tabling events set up where we're going to be at different street fairs and stuff like that and selling our product. And then COVID hit. And so all the in-person activities had to stop, um, as we know. (laughs) And so we've just been trying to to work online. I really like what, what we would like is to be able to have more interactive activities with people. So doing more of those house parties and just educational stuff, but also having people come out to this land we live on. We live in this incredible piece of land. There's so many opportunities to um, harvest wild medicine. You know, we grow some different healing herbs to do workshops and lessons. And and then also for me, like integrating my background as a writing facilitator and doing more just like internal process work. But using the plant medicine as a part of that writing, writing workshop, journaling type stuff. So yeah, I'd like to see, we'd like to see Nymph and Woodsman be more integrated and we'd love to make it, you know, profitable enough eventually to support us right now. You know, I'm working extra in the bakery and um, the business is paying for itself, which is really good, but we just, we need a broader audience you know we need to reach more people 
Yeah, and when you can't do those in-person things, that's incredibly difficult, uh, you know, especially because it's this brand new little business. Uh, so, hey, go support them, people. Um, and before I ask my final question, is are there any final things you want to say? Any good stories that you can think of? Well, this is just random that sort of a add-on to what you were just asking about, the future of Nymph and Woodsman. You know, it's weird because even though CBD, like you can grow it, you can sell it, you can do all this stuff. Like the farmer's markets here in, in the towns nearby, they won't allow vendors to have CBD products. And that just shows it's because there's still some stigma around it because it's cannabis, even though, yeah, it's totally legal. So it's interesting just, just watching the legal dynamics change. And we'll see, I think before long, it'll be like, oh, whatever. Sure. Yeah, you can do it. But mm-hmm. any other good pop stories? Um, I'm thinking about a terrible brownie. Yeah. What was that? A terrible brownie situation? Terrible brownie situation. A guy who's like 200 pounds. You know, I'm pretty small. And this friend of mine who's like 200 pounds and a total stoner is like, here, you want, you want some of this brownie? And I'm like... I'm a little weird about edibles. Like, how strong is it? He's like, oh, it's like nothing. Like, if it's like a quarter dose. Like, I'm barely high. And I'm like, okay. So I eat this brownie. And at first it's good. But next thing I know, like, I'm paranoid that every um, birthmark and mole on my body is skin cancer that's, like, rapidly multiplying. And I'm sitting in this beautiful place by the creek, but I have to get out of the sun because of all these birthmarks. And um, and it, it was terrible. It was just like the kind of high I never want to be again. And I ended up just going back. I was living in a tent that summer and I just went back to my tent and literally for four hours just stared out the window. And I'd, I've, it's, I've never been that high before or since. It was just like, whoa. You can never trust those really big stoner guys. No. <laughs> That's the lesson. Yeah. And then uh, my final question is just what do you want to say to pot? If it were in the room with you or if it were going away for a while, what would you want it to know? Aw. I feel like other people have said this too, but thank you. Just thank you. What a beautiful medicine. And you know, okay, something I want to say that's less to pot than just to the world is something that I really like about marijuana becoming and cannabis in general becoming so popular and mainstream as a medicine as a plant medicine is i think it's also making people more aware that there's a lot of plant medicine in the world and that plants actually have really amazing superpowers for keeping us healthy and and taking care of some illnesses and and like you said as the apocalypse, like if we're in an apocalypse, which I would argue that we are in an apocalypse, <laughs> um, we all, I mean, plant medicine is the people's medicine. Like we all have access to it, even in the city, we can grow it, we can grow it in a pot, you know? So I just, I think something that I feel like pot is the gateway plant medicine, you know, it's, I think it's really here to, to wake people up and help us remember that that the earth has everything that we need and the pleasure that pop brings is, is what has made people really aware of that. So, so yeah, thank you pot. 
for being the gateway plant medicine. Yeah, it's the gateway to a different thing than everybody says it was the mm-hmm. gateway to. Um, and yeah, that's a really good reminder, you know, that that our medicine came from the earth. It came from plants. Uh, obviously, it evolved as our knowledge and our technology evolved. Uh, but there is a reason it came from all of that to mm-hmm. begin with. So, uh, yeah, maybe we all need a little bit more of that in our lives, these mm-hmm. natural things. Uh, so thank you very much to you, Becca, for, for your time and for your lovely answers. And I can't wait for this to go out to the people. And um, I, I think that's a, that will be the end of this interview. So as usual to everybody, um, thank you also for listening. And uh, my email, I think, is when I'm high doc because originally this was uh, supposed to be a documentary. So it's when I'm high doc at gmail.com. Uh, I think it's also when I'm high doc on Instagram and Twitter. And I think it's at Canadoc on Facebook. If you're interested in that, all of that information is in the episode description. Uh, and so I, uh, I'm appreciative of uh, you, Becca, and all of you for listening. And until next time, uh, this is Spencer and Becca and all of my lovely interview subjects talking about cannabis and what it's like to be high. Thank you. Thank you.